Good morning. Preach in Jesus' name. Turn with me in your Bible to Joshua 13. The title of the message this morning is Land Yet to Be Possessed. I'll begin reading at uh, verse 1. I can get all these names pronounced, right? Now Joshua was old and stricken in years, and the Lord said unto him, Thou art old and stricken in years, and there remaineth yet very much land to be possessed. This is the land that yet remaineth, all the borders of the Philistines, and all... Geshuri from Sihor, which was before Egypt, even unto the borders of Ekron, northward, which is counted to the Canaanite, five lords of the Philistines, the Gazathites, and the Ashdodathites, the Eshkelonites, the Gidites, and the Ekronites, and the Aviites from the south, all the land of the Canaanites, and Maria, that is beside the Sidonians, unto Apec, to the borders of the Amorites, and the land of the Giblites, and all Lebanon toward the sun rising, from the Baalgad unto Mount Hermon, unto the entering into Hamath. All the inhabitants of the hill country from Lebanon to Mishrifoth, Mamum, <laughs> and all the Sidonians, them will I drive out from before the children of Israel. Only divide thou it by lot unto the Israelites for an inheritance as I have commanded thee. Now, if I get all these names passed, that's a big hurdle this morning. But obviously, you know I'm not going to focus on all them. So that's not the gist of the sermon. <clears throat> God says to Joshua, yeah, you're old and stricken in years. And so uh, here's an old leader. And uh, yeah. Got a lot of work behind him and a lot of effort put into the Israelites. And, you know, uh, getting old changes your perspective uh, of life. And um, you realize after a while that you're just not going to get everything done. You always thought you wished you could. And um, for no other reason, you just don't have the strength to do it. Lifting capacity starts falling off fairly serious, and and uh, <clears throat> you know you have these projects, you know you you, you want to do, and so you drag stuff home and you put it in your building somewhere, and you know and this old frigid Bible school, stainless in and out. I mean, very nice, not that terribly old, but it. Quit. So I 
Yeah, I always thought, you know, it's like, I like to make a smoker, you know, but the always, all the fridges are all plastic inside, you know, and so I can smoke my meat, you know, and so I drag this thing home and, and it's sitting in the shop for I don't know how many years now and my wife keeps saying, well, when you get rid of that refrigerator out there, it's like, well, I, you know, I want to make a smoker out of it. I mean, it's perfect. It's stainless in, stainless out. I mean, it's like, all you have to do is get a smoke deck, you know, put it in, drill a hole and get it down to the bottom. So, you know, and you have this little smoke injector. And I mean, you just got it. And I do cold smoking, so I don't have to worry about it getting too hot and, you know, and, and melting the gaskets. You know, it only gets 80 degrees in there, you know, and it's like, it's a perfect smoker. You know, you can wheel it around on the wheels and you stick it in the corner and you pull it out and then you can smoke your meat and, and by the way if you want a stainless steel fridge I got one that you can have <laughs> yeah, it's like why do I need a stainless steel fridge really I mean you know that would be great I mean if I was 30 I mean I have so much baloney yet to smoke and you know and like I got a smokehouse, but it's just not near as nice as that. But so, you know, sometimes you get older and say, "Well, you know, it's like pretty much over now." Maybe that's what uh, Joshua was thinking. Uh, God said, "No, no." Uh, some work left. You, you got you got some work left. Alright, uh, you're, you're in the, you're in the land of Canaan, you know, you're enjoying things in there, and, uh, and, and maybe you've settled down, maybe, um, you know, things are going pretty good, and, uh, you know, it's just, uh, life, life's going alright. And, uh, God says, there's very much land yet to be possessed. Now, I know if you thought about this, but many, many years, and I don't know where this all came from, and I can't quite figure it out to this day, because it was always kind of a quandary in my mind. You know, you go to a, to a funeral, and they sing songs about crossing Jordan. You know, it's like, this person here in the casket has crossed Jordan. You know, it's like the chilly waters, and we talk about all that. And this is going from this life to heaven. And so it's like, you know, they they in the Egypt. Now they're going to Canaan. But I always had this niggling feeling, that, like that. Not is that really? A good comparison? Is that a proper comparison? Like, am I have to drive out the Canaanites and the Jebusites and the Hivites and everybody else when I get to heaven? I mean, it's like, do I have all these battles yet to fight up there? And then some, somewhere in my reading uh, years ago, probably 25 years ago or so, this writer says, I, I, I don't think that's quite right. Egypt is 
when you're unsaved, you go through Jordan and you get into Canaan. And there's lots of battles yet to fight, but God's on your side and you're going to win and you're going to take territory for God. That is more of a correct parallel than between living here and dying and go to heaven. So, so that's just a springboard for you to think about. But in my mind, that answers a pile of questions. Now, I'm okay with going to a funeral and talk and singing about, you know, crossing Chili Jordan and all that. I, I like, I'm not offended by that. Rest assured, I'm not here to pick bones. I'm just simply saying. But here, here's Joshua, and, and, and obviously, uh, things were kind of settled in. And God says to Joshua, he said, I promised you all this, I don't know. I, I tried to find out how much territory at this time Israel had possessed in relation to everything that God had promised them. So, so say, you know, God, I don't know what the territory looked like, but anyhow, say it's that big a territory and, 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 and you know, Israel is like, they kind of come across to whatever here and, and, and they kind of got like this much done. And they say, you know, that's enough room for us. And like, so what? Obviously something happened here that there was unclaimed territory. And from the time that Joshua went, let, you know, people in there and, you know, um, things kind of just settled out. But God said, he, he takes out the map, he kind of, he takes out the map, and he lays it in front of Joshua, and he says, you know, this is the territory that I promised you, and you're only in this amount. And I, I'm telling you, that list that I read, how long that list was, he says, this, this, did you count on him? It must be a dozen or 13 or 4. I don't know how many is in there. But this, 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 and this is unclaimed territory. It's still there for you to it's there still there for you to have, but you haven't done you haven't done anything about it. You're you're kind of comfortable where you are. He says, I got this land that flows with milk and honey out here, and all these twelve or I wish I knew it. We're just gonna say a dozen, just for if you want to count them and whatever. We'll just round it off to a dozen here. So alright, so we all this this twelve places here that are still flowing with milk and honey that you haven't even touched yet. So we're in Egypt, personalizing this thing. We're in Egypt, and we've moved into Canaan. Alright? We've given our hearts to Christ. God says, hey, i got better things for you. Get out of the devil's territory. Get into Canaan. He said, I've got way more things for you than 
what you can ever realize back here. You know, they say that it's great. They got the leeks and the melon and everything else, but just just ditch that, and and I'll get you some real stuff over here. And so we do that. We give our life to Jesus Christ, and we move into Canaan. And is a question I'd ask myself is like, is that enough? Uh, is it okay to have a? I don't know. Probably Jordan didn't have sand. Does have sandy beaches? Anybody over there? Like, is it okay to have a beachfront property on Jordan? What do you think about? We we think that God thinks. Uh, you know, we just say, okay, let's just, let's just go over there and we'll just we'll just build a little house on the on, on the side. You know, somewhere where the river's up and you won't get you know washed out. You know, nice nice view, nice view. Jordan. Or does God have a lot more for us? Now, you know, personalizing this again and bringing it over into our Christian experience, and it's okay, so uh, God sees, you know, I'm kind of comfortable and I'm kind of, you know, lackadaisical and I'm happy where I'm at, and God says, uh, yeah, but you need to work on this, and you need to work on this, and you need to work on this. That's three, four, you need to work on this, and number five, you work on this. Number six, you got this territory. It's number seven, you're over here, and number eight's over here. You know, you, you, you've got some uh, anger issues, and you know, number nine is this, and and you, you know, and number ten. It's a wait a minute, God. I mean, that's overwhelming. Twelve things I got to work on. Well, I might as well not even start. So you can look at the 12 territories and you say, oh, well, that's way too much. Then even worth trying. Or you can look at the 12 territories and you can say, you know what? If I get that one territory conquered and I receive the milk and the honey in that territory and I can move on to this territory and I can get get that conquered and I can get the milk and honey in that territory done and not, and, and, it's, and you can even look at it as overwhelmingly discouraging or you can look at it as the absolute the highest potential that God wants in our lives and it can be extremely motivating I just shared with you last Wednesday night My personal experience of gaining huge territories in one decision in my life. Huge territories in one decision. I'm not bragging about that. I'm just simply saying that's what happened. And I hope that happens to all of us. I mean, you know, it's, yeah. 
But then I look at that and I say, and all the territory that I could gain by making that one decision, any place, any time, anywhere for God, that does not mean that I don't have way more territory to get. In fact, that opens up the possibility and realization that there's way more than what I ever thought about back then. All right? So it can be extremely motivating. And you can sit down and you can say, so so if what territory does God want me to work on next? Because I want more than what I have. I'm not satisfied with a beachfront property on Jordan. I want to move in. I want to take more territory. So it doesn't matter how young or it doesn't matter how old you are. See, old age is not specific here it doesn't matter where you're at in age there is way more to do for God and way more territory to be claimed for God in my life personally because it's an ongoing process and by the way whatever God is asking me to do I realize in my life I mean it's, it's as far as working in his kingdom, I can't accomplish it all. I can't get it all done. So if I had aspirations, personal aspirations to fulfill in the kingdom work of God, in this church and outreach and all that stuff, I come to distinct realization as age moves on, that has to be placed on somebody else's shoulder. Because if I could get it all done, this is a this is a wild thought. But if perchance Dennis could get everything done, what would you do the rest of your life? See? But I can. And so it's not my project. I mean if it's my project, yeah, I don't blame you for not wanting to jump in because you know, if it's his project and he can't do it anymore, then his project's just over, I guess. But it's not my project. You know, we're not here for our personal project. We're here for the kingdom work. And so, one generation has to prepare the next generation for kingdom work so that they can fulfill the kingdom and they can gain territory and, and that process, uh, can continue to accomplish and to multiply. So I may say, well, I've gained territory. Say, uh, we talked about love this morning. So I gained territory and love in my life. You know, I've worked on that. And But then how about consistency? Or you may say, or I may say, well, I have, I'm okay with generosity, but then how about integrity? Uh, you may say, I may say I have mercy, but how about faith? Or I have joy, but how about temperance? Or I have patience, but how about peace? Um, and, and so, you and I always have territory to work on. 
but it should be inspiring. It should be inspiring to us that, you know, I can always have more. Like, how much of my inheritance have I really claimed from God? You know, the promised land was, God gave it to him as inheritance from God. And so how much of my inheritance, if somebody said, uh, you know, there's a $6 million house in California that come to you by inheritance. Somebody, somebody willed this to you, and it's like, it, it's there for you. But I would say, oh, but a $300 plane ticket's too much. I don't want to pay a $300 plane ticket to go out and claim my inheritance. I just don't have $300 to spare. No, I wouldn't do that. I would spend my last $300 to go claim the $6 million house. That's what I would do. And I wouldn't hesitate a second to do it. So how much does God want to give you? How much does he want to give me to possess? How much of the Bible is mine? Now I'm talking about mine. And when I say mine, I mean mine. That I have read it, I have grasped it, I have claimed it. And it's personal to me. It is my possession. How much of it is it? How much answered prayers is mine? How much is, is it for you? How much blessing of helping other people is mine? How much is yours? Is there any chance anybody here have all of Jesus? Yep, I'm done. I, I got it all. I got it all. I mean everything. Yep, got it all. Raise your hand. Not a chance. How many would say you have 60%? You want more? Are you convinced that if you had more, you'd be a better person? Anybody argue with that theory? Hmm. I don't think so. So are we ready to get out of the beachfront property off of Jordan and go get some more territory?
So if 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 life to me is a drag, is that an indication that I'm not claiming territory? I mean, life should life be a drag for Christian? No. It may be tough at times. There's a battle on. Oh, absolutely. You got to fight long and you got to fight hard, but it shouldn't be a drag. See, life shouldn't be a drag. It should be an anticipation of better things ahead. See, the land we possess is not far away because we're already over Jordan. We're already on the ground, all right, in Canaan. We're already on the ground in Canaan. We've got the boots on the ground. All we've got to do is move forward. Right? So, young parents, God gets the uh, map out on your life. And he says, wow, you talk about potential. Young couple with young children on fire for God, you talk about potential. That is incredible potential. To take those children you have and mold them into a person that grows up to be effective for Christ incredible amounts of territory that you as parents have right next to you partially unclaimed alright no job not done partially unclaimed but it's your for the taking Lots of unclaimed territory in their lives. That's what we call raising children. All right, Claiming the territory in their lives for God. And that's the process of family life. Incredible blessing. I think I've said this over the pulpit here and I'll say it again. Somebody told me one time, the happiest times in your life will be when all your children have their feet under your table. That doesn't limit us to happy times or whatever. The children are all gone and the happiness is all gone. I'm not saying that. I'm simply saying you're going to look back at that time someday. And I think you'll agree with me. So cherish those times. I look back, some of our best family time was, you know, supper's over and we just keep talking and talking and talking. I mean, we start eating at, you know, 5.30 and, you know, we're still talking at 6.30 and maybe quarter seven and just sitting there and just, I look back at that and it's like, oh man, 
it's just like, wow, what a time. Sitting around a campfire. So, you know, we, we can look at the unclaimed territory and our children and, and say, oh, huh, it's so overwhelming. I mean, it's like try to graze all these children and they're scrapping and fighting and everybody wants this and this ain't fair and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's like, it's just like this is way too much. Oh, well. Maybe that don't happen in your life and all your children are just so happy and cheerful. But you look at you look at it as in, in, in like a discouraging way, or you can say, you know, you know, with the help of God and, and like moving ahead and it's like we're gonna claim those territories for God. We're gonna teach him how to share. We're gonna teach him that life isn't fair all the time. Sure, mom and dad's gonna try to be fair. But you might as well grow up thinking that life is not going to be fair. You are not going to be treated where you think you are. You ought to be treated. So you might as well get used to it right now. Life is tough out there. Yeah, we're going to try to be as fair as we can here. But you can't major on that in your life. It just is not going to work. You're going to be in the dumps all the time. Because somebody's always going to owe you something. Somebody always got more than you have. Somebody else. All this. That is. So you claim that territory. And you teach them. When you sit up. Stand up. When you sit down. And when you eat supper. And you eat breakfast. And you put them to bed. And all that stuff. So then, God gets a map out and he lays it out in front of Prairie Church. And he looks down and he says, wow, the potential. Unbelievable potential. Sure, you gave him a lot of territory. But don't sit in your beach house just because you got across Jordan. You know? Get out there and claim territory. Get out there and into the land of milk and honey. It's yours for the taking. So I sat in my chair and I says, What territory? did Prairie Church take in the last 20 years? Anything happening around here? Like, are we on a dead-end street? Or are things really happening for God in Prairie Church? Oh, the devil always tells you on a dead-end street at church. I mean, you know, it's like, that's his, that's his famous lie that he tries to feed us all the time. And, you know, it's dead-end street, you know, it's whatever. It's not true. So, uh, let's go back 20 years, those of you who've been here. Had we ever heard of rapid response 20 years ago? 
Have we ever heard of search and rescue 20 years ago? Uh, did Prairie Church have a boys and girls club 20 years ago? How about uh, Christmas caroling at Mayo? How about internet ministry? How about young people who have served in missions in Central America 20 years ago? How about uh, leading out in inner city evangelism? And we look at that territory, and we look at that territory, and we say, what a blessing that territory has had and the impact that that has had on Prairie Church in our lives corporately. There has been tremendous blessing we found in those doing in those things. Now, just starting something new doesn't prove that you know that that you're spiritual, because you can just add one program after another program, and after, after a while, everybody just swamped and. You know, nothing's getting done right. I'm not promoting that. I'm not saying that a new program automatically proves you're spiritual. I'm simply saying is that there were people in a congregation with vision. No, leadership had very little to do with some of, most of this stuff. Vision from the people that said, here's territory that we can claim for God. In the expanse of our, uh, how can I say, the broadening of our overall vision as a church had been dramatically increased by those experiences and by those exercises and by those moving into very, very sometimes uncomfortable situations. It's no small ticket item to move from Minnesota to Central America and do mission work. That is out of comfort zone, all right? It is out of comfort zone to go from Minnesota to downtown Chicago. That's out of comfort zone. Maybe it is not for you, but it is for me, all right? Ellis implied that there is somewhat of a out of comfort zone sometimes this morning in dealing and helping in, in boys club. All right, that's you know um, but see the work never gets done. The territory is never there's always territory and there's blessing in uh, of, of gaining that. So there's always people to help and encourage. There's always children to teach. There's always youth to minister to. There's always old one, older people to assist. There's always, um, and, and I just, it just blesses my heart when I hear of things being done behind the scenes that ain't nobody tooting their horn. I just hear it's getting done. You see, the potential never ends. That doesn't 
shouldn't discourage us, that should motivate us. Jesus said it is finished when he died, and I don't think we can say it in those like he did in that complete terminology. Um, because we can't finish it ourselves. It is an ongoing thing. So, God has tremendous possibilities for us personally. God has tremendous possibilities for your family. And, and many other areas, God lays the map out for your marriage. But tremendous potential for your marriage. Uh, always territory to be gained. Um, always possibilities. And so I'd just like to encourage us this morning, let's band together, let's take new territory. Um, let's be courageous, let's be faithful. And I'm going to go back to chapter 1. I always like chapter 1. We're just going to read verse 6 to 9 in closing here. Uh, Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it from the right hand nor to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. The book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate day and night therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest.